Good afternoon. You're listening to the Midday Moments program. I'm Gary Duncan, your host. It's so good to be with you uh, for this segment we have uh, coming your way. It's our Moment in Creation segment with Pastor Warren Worth of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Arnold, Missouri. Hi, Pastor Worth. Hi, Gary. What's on your mind to talk about today? Well, today I thought we would talk about Copernicus. And you might say, why Copernicus? Well, today, May 24th, is the anniversary of his death. He was born, Nicholas Copernicus, was born February 19, 1473, and he died May 24th in the year 1543. So that would make him a contemporary of Martin Luther, living uh, at a very momentous time in history in Europe, uh, both in terms of uh, the Enlightenment and the Renaissance and science, as well as, of course, the Protestant Reformation that was taking place. Pernicus was born in Poland, educated there and in Italy. He studied lots of different things. He studied canon law, economics, mathematics, medicine, was involved uh, very much in politics, but he's most noted for astronomy. And astronomy and astrology were not clearly distinguished back then, but there's no evidence he really got into the religious aspects of astrology, but was more interested in studying the heavenly bodies, something we would today think of astronomy. In fact, he's considered the father of modern astronomy and the heliocentric model, which is to say that he advocated for the Earth and planets moving around the sun rather than the Earth being the center and the sun and other heavenly bodies moving around the Earth. Now, he wasn't the first person to come up with the idea, but certainly it was from his time onward that that model gained traction. He was influential also in the thinking of uh, Johannes Kepler, uh, Galileo, and others, and of course, uh, eventually, that's the model that became dominant. So today, everybody seems to understand that the sun is at the center of our solar system, and the Earth and other planets move around it, and the apparent motions of the other celestial bodies are best explained, it would seem, understanding the Earth rotating on its axis once every day, and and moving around the sun once a year. And that idea was kind of a new thing, uh, at least new to most people in Europe at the time of Copernicus. It's interesting that there was a debate. His idea was really quite accepted by other uh, thinkers at that time. But about 70 years later, when the time of Galileo, that's when his book got banned. And the Roman Catholic Church, in response to Galileo's discoveries, considered that off limits. But in his own time, it was not considered heretical to teach that the earth moved around the sun. And uh, so it's kind of interesting to see how those things worked out. Also interesting that um, Martin Luther (laughs) and uh, his uh, assistant Melanchthon wrote against the Copernican model uh, and referred to such ideas as being foolish. Uh, That's kind of an intriguing thing. Now, they hadn't really studied these ideas scientifically, and some of the things that were influencing them were the fact that there were already models that were widely accepted as how to explain the apparent motions of celestial bodies that were based upon the writings of ancient people like Aristotle and Ptolemy and so forth. So it was Mm -hmm. not really so much a biblical argument or a religion versus science argument, but as a kind of a philosophical system, they thought that was the accepted way to explain natural phenomena. And so 
they were resistant to the Copernican idea. And I don't think that Luther ever wrote about it himself. He was interested in theology rather than this matter. But, you know, Luther talked about everything, and right. everybody wrote down what he wrote, <laughs> his table talks. Mm-hmm. You know, people were constantly taking down everything the man said. And not everything that he said would be of equal value. Basically, you kind of have to bring this back to ourselves. So it was the Roman Catholic Church then in the early 1600s that condemned uh, the ideas of Copernicus and Galileo and the idea of uh, uh, heliocentrism. And it took hundreds of years before, generally, people said, oh, well, actually, Copernicus was right. And uh, so we can, you can read more about this if our listeners are interested in finding more. There's a great article at AnswersInGenesis.org uh, written by Danny Faulkner. So if you type in the search engine Copernicus, and then you look for this article by Danny Faulkner that was posted February 19 of 2020, he has a great article on the Copernican system and the Bible. And then also at creation.com, if you type in Copernicus, they have a number of articles. And there's an interesting book review that I was looking at that goes into more detail than we have time for today. But the title of the book review is The Copernican Debate, Science versus Science, Not Science versus Religion. So often this debate gets talked about as though, see, religion was against the advancement of scientific thought. Uh, People thought that uh, the earth stands still, and so the sun has to move around the earth, and it's because of what the Bible teaches that that, that was the obstacle. And, and then people often say, in the same way, we need to get rid of ideas about the creation and accept what the science teaches about evolution. But that's not true. The, the resistance to the idea of the heliocentric model wasn't because the Bible teaches that. The Bible does not teach that uh, the sun moves around the earth. And often people point to Joshua 10, where God worked a miracle and caused the sun to stand still in the sky uh, for about a day uh, while a battle was being fought there. But just as astronomers today still talk about the sun moving across the sky, they talk about sunrise and sunset, just as the Bible does. Mm-hmm. That's the way it appears from standing on the face of the earth and looking up at the sky. Um, that doesn't mean that's physically what's going on. And so it's not a contradiction of the Bible to say that the earth moves around the sun, and it, it fits quite nicely with everything else the Bible would teach. Unlike evolution, the millions and billions of years of evolution and death before sin and man arising out of millions of years from a a lower form of life, that does not fit what the Bible teaches at all, and one needs to be very careful to be clear about that. And, uh, and to come back to the idea, we shouldn't let our ideas about how things work be firmly uh, uh, entrenched by man's ideas. And really, that was what was going on. People were enamored of what Aristotle had taught, right. of what Ptolemy had taught. And so by being stuck with those man-made ideas, not what the Bible was teaching, but man-made ideas, that was what made them resistant to the ideas that came to light when uh, Copernicus and Galileo started making observations that showed that the geocentric model didn't best explain how to explain those uh, apparent motions of the heavenly bodies. 
Okay. Now, early in our conversation here today, you mentioned uh, Copernicus was studying astronomy, not astrology. Uh, there is a big difference there. But you also referred to astrology as a religion. Now, I think of it as superstition, but are you saying there's a lot of people that think of it as a religion? Well, maybe the line there isn't a, a real sharp and distinct line. If, if people have false ideas about uh, how things work, particularly the the influence of the heavenly bodies on your life and controlling your life and your destiny, that really is sort of a religious idea, right? A false religion, false gods. So if instead of trusting in God as the creator and believing his word, the Bible, you believe that the sun, the moon, the stars somehow have uh, control of your life, and you have to determine day by day, is it safe to do this or not safe to do this because you're worried about where's the moon in the uh, zodiac and things like that. Uh, that's really a false religion. It really is, now that uh, you explain it that way, yes. Yeah, and so ultimately, in First Commandment stuff, you know, thou shalt have no other gods before me. We, we believe in the true God. Our trust is in him. We fear, love, and trust in him above all things. And we don't trust in any creature, or including other things that God has made, like sun, moon, and stars, and believe that they somehow uh, control our lives. We believe uh, we're, we place ourselves in the hands of the true God who created heaven and earth, and especially who redeemed us from all our sin by sending his son Jesus into this world to live, suffer, die, and rise again for our salvation. Would you like to lead us in a prayer as we wrap up our segment? I would be happy to do so. Heavenly Father, we praise you for all that you have done in creating the sun, the moon, the stars, the heavens, the earth, and all they contain. We praise you for the wisdom that you've given human beings who explore the universe that you have made and come up with ideas to understand how things work. But above all, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is our Creator and our Redeemer, who not only created the heavenly bodies, but came down from heaven to rescue us from our sin by his perfect life, his sacrificial death, and his victorious resurrection. Help us, O oh Lord, not to have our brains uh, taken captive by human philosophies, but instead to believe your word, the Bible, that tells us the truth, not only about creation, but especially about our redemption and the salvation that you have prepared for us in Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Pastor. And it's, uh, again, as always, great to have you on the program. I really appreciate you. Thank you. God bless. Yeah. We are the Messenger of Good News. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you get your podcast. Just search out KFUO Radio.